This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Joined by the program director for the Children's Inn, Amy Carter. Now she is here to talk about an exciting program, I'll call it, that's happening at the Children's Inn. But before that, well, hello, Amy. Hello, thanks for having me. You know what? Thank you. So there is a lot of excitement happening at the Children's Inn. But before we get into all those details, tell us about the Children's Inn for anyone who isn't familiar with it. When did it get started? Sure. So Children's Inn has been serving the Sioux Falls and the five surrounding counties since 1977. The whole reason Children's Inn was first started was to be that safe home for kids who are being abused or neglected and didn't have another emergency placement. So very quickly, though, in 1977, after we opened our doors, we had victims of domestic violence reach out to us looking for help. And, you know, for those of you familiar, in the 70s, people didn't acknowledge that domestic Mm -hmm. violence was happening. And so we did at Children's Inn and in Sioux Falls, and that's something we should be really proud of. But we opened our doors and then expanded our mission to be a domestic violence violence shelter as well. So today we continue to serve victims of child abuse and neglect as well as victims of any sort of abuse, um, domestic violence, sexual assault, human trafficking, elder abuse. So rough estimate for me, how many people would you say have benefited from this organization alone here in the Sioux Empire? Wow, you know, I'd, I mean, since we've been around for over 40 years, yeah. and you know, the past few years, we average at least a 1000 or more people within our shelter alone. So if you look at it that way, that's you know, tens of thousands of people who have been served by our, our programs. And I mean, what that really tells you is there's a lot of individuals in our community that are suffering of, from abuse and need that type of help. So it's really um, important that we're there and we're, we're grateful to have the community support. What are some of those programs that the Children's Inn offers? Sure. You know, most people tend to think of us as just a shelter, which yeah. um, is kind of our main program. And, the, and we are the only domestic violence shelter in this area. And so, but in addition to providing safe shelter, we do crisis intervention. So that's really 24 hours a day, people can call us or show up at our door and there'll be somebody there to assist them. That's with things like protection orders or um, resources, just somebody to talk to if they're if they're concerned about themselves or somebody else who might be in an unsafe situation. So the crisis intervention piece of what we do is pretty significant also. But um, in addition to that, we offer counseling on site, support groups, parenting classes, um, court advocacy, other outreach services. We, we really just try to um, surround victims of domestic violence and child abuse with any support and resources they might need. You know, um, being a victim of abuse is not something people want to shout from the rooftops by any yeah. means, and there's a lot that goes into it. And and knowing that there's a safe place like Children's Inn that can really be there for any need that they might have, we really want to inspire that hope in victims and let them know that they aren't alone. Yeah, you guys are always there no matter what the situation is or what's going on in the world, including a pandemic. <laughs> right, now, yes. Last year was, it was complicated, and that's putting it in a, in a light sense. Now, people were still at risk, though, and those people, some of them did remain in their homes during COVID-19. So how are you able to spread the word about your doors being open during COVID? 
you know, it was really important. Just like everybody else, we had to shift and pivot a little bit to figure right. out how we're going to do this. But we knew we could, we were committed to being there every day, just as we had before. So our services were never interrupted during the pandemic. Uh, certainly, we made some adjustments and we wanted to make sure clients and staff were safe mm-hmm. in, in our building. But we really knew that we needed to be there as well. And, and like you mentioned, you know, people experiencing abuse didn't always reach out during that yeah. time and we uh we know that they were they felt even more trapped and isolated than they did before this and so you know something about domestic violence that people don't always realize it's really so much about control and imagine in a pandemic that abuser has that much more control yeah. over that victim and so we um we knew there were people out there that weren't able to leave or um not even knowing the help was out there but we we just did our best to make sure our community partners knew we were available and that the public knew we were available. So if and when people needed to reach out, they knew that we were there. Just to give someone a perspective right now, what were the numbers in 2020 compared to years past? If you can provide Yeah, those. absolutely. So, um, you know, for the past five, six years, we've been operating over capacity. We, and so we would average about 46 people a day in our shelter. Now go to 2020 and we average just 34 people a day. Wow. And so that tells you right there, people were not in a hurry to go into to a communal living setting in during a pandemic. But again, as I mentioned, there was other factors that kept people from seeking the help that they needed. So, um, you know, our crisis calls actually went up during the pandemic, which makes a lot of sense. People maybe couldn't leave, but they could at least maybe make a call. So we were encouraged to see that. And so, uh, you know, as as the pandemic is starting to get behind us a little bit, you know, yeah. we're, our, our numbers are starting to, to get back to what we would consider normal. One final question during, during the time of COVID-19, what should shocked you about the children's and during the pandemic, whether it be the people coming in or just the numbers that you saw? I definitely was surprised by the decrease in numbers. But then when I would talk to other facilities and shelters across the country, it was fairly common that that people were seeing a decrease in numbers. That was unfortunate because we know that the need was certainly there. Um, You know, the other thing that surprised me is the there were some people that would come to us and they would talk about how their abuser used the pandemic, if you will, as a a tactic of power and control. Um, You know, things like if you leave, you're going to get sick and you're going to kill the children because they'll get sick too. Or, um, you know, if you leave, um, you'll lose your job because you can't be out exposed to other people. So just really those mind games that abusers would play with victims, we would hear that sometimes as well. If you are just listening, Amy Carter, she is the program director for the Children's Inn. And now we're talking about something that's exciting for you guys, but it's also bittersweet in, in the at the same time. So the Children's Inn is now moving to a new location, and the best part is they are expanding. And it just shows that people in the Sioux Empire truly do need this organization now more than ever. So, Amy, tell us about this exciting new addition, where it's located, what's in the new building, and when will it be open? Absolutely. You're right. This is a very exciting time. We... Um, we have been operating over capacity for the past several years. Yeah. And so we knew there was a need. We knew the community was growing. And as the only domestic violence shelter, we knew we needed to respond to that need. So because of generous donors and, and the community support, we are now at a, in a position to be building a new building. Um, we are going to be located on East 10th Street um, next to the Empower Campus, the old school for the deaf location. Sometimes mm-hmm. people recognize that. Um, what what are we going to? This is what is just amazing. So we're going to be building a 48,000 
thousand square foot facility. Wow. Yeah, we are increasing from forty beds to ninety six beds, um, from twenty four bedrooms to thirty eight bedrooms. And in addition to just the the bedroom space and that living space, we will also increase our offices. Um, you know, family living, the dining room. We need to increase the size of that. Yeah. All of those things. So we're just going to be able to accommodate people much more comfortably. And what it also allows us to do is to continue with our commitment to never turn people away if they have a safety need. And so we are have been committed to do that in our current facility, but it's getting more and more challenging, of course, get, given the size. So this new location will allow us to make sure we never have to turn somebody away. Absolutely. And obviously, this is it's great for the community. And it's also a great thing for the community because they always want to get involved. And now Rock the Inn, that is possible for the community to get involved. So first of all, what is Rock the Inn and what's the purpose? You bet. So Rock the Inn is an event we came up with in order to help us build our building, basically. We, um, our architect, Coke Hazard, has, since the beginning of this, has envisioned this beautiful wall at the front of the building that is made of field stones. Mm. And it's just welcoming and peaceful. And um, it's what we want people to see when they first come onto our onto our location. So, But we need help collecting those field stones yeah. and getting them to the site so that our architect and our builders can then make this beautiful wall. And so we are looking for the community to be part of that. You know, as I've talked about Children's Inn, you can tell that we we do a lot for the community, but because of that, we have community support. And we this is another way for people to be involved in this great project and to, to really be part of history at Children's Inn and be part of that wall. So what we're looking for is um, people with field stones. So if we have farmers or individuals in, in the five-county area that have stones they'd like to donate, um, they can call us and we can work on that. Or if they're a, a volunteer or a group of volunteers that would be willing to go out and help load and haul those stones. So I'm trying to picture this wall in my head. Are we talking like an entire wall filled with stone or maybe just a little section of it? No, it's an entire wall. So we are actually hoping to collect about five tons of rock. Yeah. And so and what's really cool about the wall is it's not only the outside, but then a little portion of it actually carries into the building. So it just it it, again just offers that fluidity and that peacefulness for people. So, yeah, we are in we are in big need of rock. And so, again, if you're listening and you have rock that you would be willing to donate. um, Awesome. If you are a volunteer, I will tell you right now, our biggest need is the volunteers. So if we can get individuals or groups that want to um, help us out, it's September 18th. Yes. Um, we're, the plan is to meet at 9 a.m. at the construction site. We'll divvy up the locations and volunteers will go out and load up the stone and then bring that back to the construction site. So um, please just contact us at Children's Inn or go to our website and, and sign up. There's a form that we ask you to fill out. So who came up with this idea? Well, of course, our wise marketing department at Children's Home Society has all <laughs> the creative piece of it but but really i have to give credit to um coke hazard our architect because it's really been her vision um the the wall itself but then we thought well how are we going to get this field stone and so that's where our uh some of our staff's creativity came into play so ideally we were talking about this too that you would want people to sign up to send you their stones by september 18th so just give the people that website and even a phone number to call them too you bet so the phone number is 338-0116 and just call and mention the rock the end project Mm -hmm. and we'll get you taken care of um website is chssd.org backslash rock the end and so that's where the form is found and you can get a little more information about it but but yes the event is september 18th so we're looking for people to try to sign up by the 16th or so um and And again, just call. We'll talk through all the details and and get it figured out. Awesome. And before we let you go, there's obviously a lot of things that 
are needed for your organization. So what are you really looking for right now at the Children's Inn? Maybe some toys for the kids, some basic supplies and needs for women, anything like that. Yes, thank you for asking. You know, during the pandemic, we also decreased the amount of donations that we took in um, just for safety reasons and things. But so we are kind of in getting into that critical need of shampoo and conditioner, um, razors, lotion, batteries, uh, toothpaste, towels, uh, really just some of those more basic needs things. I always talk with people that think about everything you have at your house and that you have to replace regularly. That's the same things we have. We just have 40 some people with us every day. Right. So, so yeah, just the basic necessities at this time would be what we really could use. And, and all you have to do is call ahead and we ask you just to set up a time and when, then you can drop those items off for us. Same phone number, 338-0116. Amy Carter, she is the program director for the Children's Inn. Once again, the Rock the Inn. That is all happening on Saturday, September 18th. Make sure you sign up by September 16th to get your stones in and if you want to volunteer always give that number a call at 338-0116 and Amy thanks so much for joining us this morning thank you Welcome back to Sunday Focus. I'm being joined in the studio by Bethany Olson. She is the program director for Cure Kids Cancer. And Bethany, it's nice to see you in here. You too. Glad to be able to be back in studio. For Isn't sure. that crazy to it's say that wonderful. now? So we have a lot to go over. But first, if no one is aware, Results Townsworth Media is once again a proud supporter of Cure Kids Cancer and the Sanford's Children's Hospital. Now, before we get into Radiothon, tell us a little bit about the Children's Hospital and Cure Kids Cancer. Sanford Children's Hospital is a freestanding children's hospital that really just puts the the child at top of mind in all things that they do. So Cure Kids Cancer comes into play there by supporting our pediatric oncology families, whether it's through child life specialists or our spiritual care program, the on-site teacher, even though kids don't like it, we have a teacher that helps them stay um, up to date as much as possible with school. And then for families out of town, we help them with their meals, their mileage, their lodging, things that just take up a little extra um, concern for some families as they're already battling a cancer diagnosis and missing work for chemo treatments. And we just want them to be able to focus on what really matters, and that's helping their kiddo get better. So Cure Kids Cancer just really impacts the whole child, whether it's their physical um, care with the equipment and the specialists that we're able to bring in, their mental, emotional care with child life or spiritual care, and then that, that meals, mileage, lodging piece as well. Yeah, and Cure Kids Cancer, it's a national organization. It's not just here in Sioux Falls. It's worldwide. Yeah, Cure Kids Cancer is a national program under Children's Miracle Network hospitals and while it is a national program, all of the money that's raised in our region still stays local. Yeah. So they bring partners to us that help, that are saying, yep, we want to help local kids. And then we work with those partners to make sure that they are able to support us here locally at Sanford Children's Hospital. This event, the Cure Kids Cancer Radiothon, it's been going on for a number of years now here at Results. Now, how does this, you already mentioned it a little bit, but how does it benefit the kiddos and the families at the Sanford Children's Hospital? Every dollar that we raise through the Results Town Square Media Cure Kids Cancer Radiothon stays local, and Mm -hmm. it goes back to support the patients at Sanford Children's Hospital. Like I said, it's with the specialized equipment. You think of 
we have kids who are being born with cancer. So we have to have tiny little things for babies. And then we have 18-year-old football players who are battling cancer. So there's a wide range of equipment that's needed to care for those kids. Cancer is a specific area. So Mm -hmm. we also have the special equipment just for cancer. Um, We support child life specialists, which... They do a whole lot of things in helping take care of, care of the patient, um, but they, as it relates to cancer, they'll take like a toy or a, or a stuffed animal and explain to a child in words that they understand what cancer is yeah. and then also what their chemo, like how they're going to get chemo, and then they administer it to that duck or whatever it is, fake chemo, not real chemo, um, just to help the child understand what's going on and help them feel a little bit more comfortable. Because, I mean, cancer is a scary thing, yeah. even for adults, but to help kids understand what they're going through in a way they understand um, is really important. Important, And Child Life is a, a program that means so much to families, but it's never something that they'll see on their bill. So every child is able to have that interaction with Child Life and then they don't have to pay for it, which is incredibly important. On top of that, they also just bring fun things. Like they're known to have silly string and toys and <laughs> iPads and all of the fun games and things. Um, so they do all of that. And that's truly 100% funded through philanthropy. And then um, for families that are out of town, we reimburse them for their mileage, get them hotel stays. We give them a meal voucher to just say, hey, looks like you might need a break. Run down to the cafeteria and get a meal at on cure kids cancer we're not Mm going to ask that you pay for it but we do want to make sure that you as the mom or dad or grandma are eating and taking care of yourself too absolutely and these are some of those basic needs that kids and families need when they do come to the hospital for treatment even on wigs we gave away wigs last year if i recall that yeah pediatric wigs if you think of it a little girl battling cancer she loses her hair yeah what does that mean a lot of the times that's really hard. Yeah. And so we like to offer that option of having a wig that maybe looks like your normal hair or maybe looks like you have now bright pink hair, whatever (laughs) you want to have. So that's awesome. So one of the biggest events that we do here is Radiothon. And historically, the two day event has always been at the castle at the Stanford Children's Hospital. Now, unfortunately, due to the pandemic in 2020 and now carrying over into this year it looks like we will be once again staying in our studios now from your perspective how tough was it for your staff and and crew to kind of pivot to being in the studios last year of course the castle adds an element of just the atmosphere Mm -hmm. and the environment Um, you're in the space where the care is happening you can see families walking in to go get their chemo treatment or coming down after they've been inpatient for a Mm -hmm. while and getting to go home so they walk by with their balloons and all of that stuff so it was obviously hard there of just you didn't get to actually truly see the impact while radiothon was happening the volunteers weren't able to be in the same space as you guys so you didn't know if the phones were ringing if what you were saying was was actually resonating Mm -hmm. with the listeners. Um, And of course we will do what we need to do to keep everyone safe. So while it is hard and it's a little bit frustrating to be a little bit more separate than normal, um, we will pivot and make things work. And this year I think we'll be able to talk through some of the challenges we experienced by being so separate last year Mm -hmm. and hopefully come up with some solutions to make things just be a little smoother and 
maybe a little bit more back to normal, even yeah. though we're at a different location. So. I was just going to ask, do you feel a little bit more ready for this event this year? <laughs> Knowing, you know, what you can expect being in that situation last year. Personally, I think you guys did a great job yeah. just from all that transitioning and communication. It was it was great on your end. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I think we, of course, learned from last year and mm-hmm. we, we saw what worked and we also know kind of how we can maybe make things a little bit better we're also just going to be able to be a little bit more interactive with you guys this year knowing um last year we were in a little bit different situation um so i think i think it'll be really good this year and just to see um how we can continue to adapt and make the most out of the situation we're in in order to support our local kids does it still feel strange not being able to have this event at the castle, knowing what it's like when you're actually there? I, I'm still pretty brand you new at new. Cure Kids Cancer, so I have not had the experience of being at the castle with the families, with the kiddos, and just the excitement surrounding this event. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely weird. Um, we we know how how impactful it can be just to be in the castle space. Um, when you're in there, it truly feels like a castle. And you can see the fun that the child life specialists bring, even though we're just in the lobby. We can just see how much people love being at the castle, even if they're there for something a little scary or they just got a hard diagnosis or whatever that looks like. So it's weird. We'll get back there someday. Um, Hopefully we'll be able to bring families in a little bit this year. Um, But yeah. No. Very weird. It's very weird, and you know, we're just gonna keep on rolling with it for we those are. kiddos. If you are just listening, Bethany Olson, she is the program director of Cure Kids Cancer. We are talking about everything Radiothon that is happening, by the way, September 30th and October 1st. Now, for anyone who isn't familiar with this Radiothon, what is it all about? What can the listeners expect to hear during this two-day event? So on our two-day Radiothon from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., throughout every hour, you'll hear stories of patients who are battling cancer or have battled cancer at Sanford Children's Hospital. So you'll get to hear firsthand from mom or dad, sometimes both and sometimes even the patient, um, what their experience was like, what the castle means to them, and truly how Cure Kids Cancer dollars impacted the care that they had. Um, Sometimes it can be a little hard to Mm -hmm. listen to. Um, but at the end of the day, every dollar that is raised through the Radiothon is coming back to help our local kids and to hopefully one day have no cancer in kids or at least better treatment options for them. Now, there are usually other events leading up to the Cure Kids Cancer Radiothon, like Dining for Kids. Tell us all about that. Yes, Dining for Kids, we kind of see it as our unofficial Radiothon kickoff. So this year that will be on September 21st. And on that day, we have local businesses um, that commit to giving 20% of sales um, from food and beverage all day long to Cure Kids Cancer. So we have several restaurants on board already this year with more getting added as, um, as things go. So right now we have the Attic. We also have the Attic West, Chevy's Pickle Barrel, both Firehouse Subs locations in Sioux Falls, Honey Baked Ham, and both of the Keg locations. So you really have a wide variety. You can get... Well, no breakfast, I don't think. But lunch and dinner, <laughs> maybe some snacks maybe in there. Wants chicken for breakfast. You know, maybe. Um, <laughs> but really, they just commit to supporting local kids in a way that makes sense for their businesses. And that's by donating from their sales. So we hope that a lot of people will go to those restaurants on September 21st and just um, show up for the restaurants who are also struggling 
right now yeah. and then also show up for our local kids. So for for a recap, sort of speak, so when you go to any of those places that you listed, the Attic, Firehouse Subs, on September 21st, whatever you purchase that day, that goes back to you. Yep, that is exactly right. You don't have to tell them that you're there for Dining for Kids. I'm sure if you told them, they'd be like, oh, great, thanks. Yeah. Um, but you don't. Everything, no matter if you say it or not, will come back to support Sanford Children. So, you know, it, it's kind of hard to find someone that hasn't been affected by cancer or at least know someone that um, that hasn't been affected by cancer. One of my former co-workers who whose daughter is actually part of Radiothon this year, um, I was a part of all of that. And I recently just lost a good friend of mine to cancer, too. And it, it's not all about talking about the diagnosis and whatnot there are actually some great stories that come out of it how they overcome this this mm-hmm. diagnosis and stuff to keep them uplifted and to keep them you know in a positive mood throughout their treatment so can you share just to give us a little snippet share any stories from maybe the kiddos that we can be hearing from this year and their families who benefit from cure kids cancer absolutely so one of the new stories this year, which I don't even know if you've heard the full oh, montage yet. Here we go. Here's the tea. <laughs> um, but Colby, who's actually a, um, a big Results Town Square Media fan. Oh, uh, yes. I did hear about him. Yes. yes. He is one of our new patients that we're featuring this year. And he um, had osteosarcoma, which is a bone cancer. Mm. And because of that cancer, he had to have an amputation. They did a rotation plasty, which... You just have to look up what that, what that is because they take, it's very complicated, but mm-hmm. basically they take his um, foot, turn it around, attach it to where his knee normally would be so that his amp- he's technically a below the knee amputee because he has those two joints still. Yeah. Um, and then they add a prosthetic to it. Um, he also has autism. So on top of his autism and then adding on the cancer diagnosis, he had some really tough challenges to face. Mm -hmm. And he actually, I had the opportunity to sit down with him and he is probably the most positive person I have ever met. Despite all of those challenges that he's faced, he made it a point of no matter how bad he was feeling, his parents said he was throwing up because he was sick from the chemo and somebody would walk into his room and he would just didn't matter that he was just sick. He would look at him and say, hey, how's your day going? Hope you're having a great day. And was just so uplifting. And he loved to smile and say hi to everybody that walked past his room. So you'll get to hear more of his story during the Radiothon. But he truly, just like all of our patients, is just so positive and parents draw their strength from their kids in those situations, which is just crazy to know that the kid is battling cancer, is able to have such a positive outlook. And then that the parents also then get that positivity from them. And that's all you can hope for with these kids in that tough situation, especially not only dealing with that tough diagnosis, but also growing up with autism, too. It's just as challenging. And you never really consider that until you look at the the picture and hear the kids' stories. Now, I already know what the best part about these two days are. It's helping out these kiddos and their families. But for you, what do you think the best part about Cure Kids Cancer is? In a normal year, um, being at Radiothon and getting to see the families and just getting to see how they interact with all of you guys and the volunteers and how they truly just they show you what family means, even though you're not all blood related. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see that, especially at Radiothons. We see it all year round, but we see it a lot at Radiothons. So that's probably my favorite part of just seeing them all come together and um, kind of like a little family reunion. But I think now as we are looking at 
pandemics and not being able to bring families in so much, um, I think the biggest impact for me is just that we have so many incredible donors and partners and sponsors who say, yes, it's been a hard year for us, but we still want to make a difference for these kids. And so we have the community support around us all of the time, but it really has shown up throughout the pandemic of we know that our patients still need us at Sanford Children's Hospital. So this is what we're going to do, regardless of the situation that we're in. We know that we need to make a difference. This takes a lot of planning for these two days as well, which, by the way, keep in mind, is September 30th and October 1st for Results Radio Town Square Media. So when you see everything come to fruition and just seeing you know, if this was a normal situation, everybody at the castle, the kiddos, the families, now everybody coming back together here at the radio station. What do you think the biggest reward is for the staff at Stanford Children's Hospital and also Cure Kids Cancer? The biggest reward for all of us at Stanford is truly just knowing how much the community supports the work that's happening um, within the castle of care. It's a magical place, and that's not just because it looks like a castle. The staff is absolutely incredible. We have incredible resources available to the staff, to the families, and everyone truly comes together to make sure that the patients are being taken care of in the way that's best for them. All right, awesome. Once again, if you are listening to this program, Bethany Olson, she is the program director for Cure Kids Cancer, is with me in the studio. Now, how can people find out more information, whether it's about the Sanford Children's Hospital or Cure Kids Cancer? So you can go to sanfordhealthfoundation.org slash CKC to get more information about the Radiothon, Dining for Kids, Holly, who is our featured patient this yeah. year. Um, and that that's also where you can make a donation if you're ready to go right now and you um, want to give to support our local kids battling cancer. It's all on there. Um, and when Radiothon does come. Yes, on, I was going to say that number to keep in mind. The number, if you want to write it down and I'm talk to one right of our, volu- <laughs> <laughs> our volunteers will be ready. Not quite yet, but on September 30th and October 1st, uh, the number to call is 605-328-5750. We'll have so many great volunteers ready to take your call so all right awesome once again that phone number is 605-328-5750 keep that in mind for september 30th and october 1st for the annual results radio towns career media cure kids cancer radiothon which i should mention is all presented by jerry's auto too in lennox so bethany olson thank you so much for joining us today and i'm excited for the second year i know it's different i wish that i was at the castle to see this all come together but it's still a great event to support these kiddos and their families so thank you for taking time to talk about it today thank you sunday focus is a public affairs program of results radio town square media sioux falls